name is Lizzie Palmer and this is a Lunar Poetry podcast short. Uh, today I'm joined by my good friend Chip, aka the Brothers Grimm, and we are coming to you from the All Stars Boxing Gym on Harrow Road, hence the manly, energetic background noise you might be hearing. <laughs> and womanly. <laughs> um, right, so hi Chip. Hello, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Uh, I'm knackered actually, I've had a very tough morning training and coaching and uh, it's, it's all good, it's all good. Well, it would be good for our listeners to know that even tough boxers like to talk about poetry sometimes too. <laughs> yeah, no, um, absolutely. So if it's alright with you, by way of a proper introduction, we'll start with a poem. Okay, um, I'm going to do something that's relatively new but um, I think will serve the purpose um, and it's called I Spy. Can't do semiotics, doesn't read the signs, not diagnosed, not neurotypical, just one of those who lives between the lines, penned in the margins, out in the cold, cold sweat, someone you dreamt of, no one you met, well versed in tradecraft, dead letters dropped, has gone the distance, never been stopped at the border, under control, sleeping together, ratty and mole. Twice is coincidence, three times a plot, once is an accident, except that it's not that easy. Behaviours are learned, a deep extra cover, an agent is turned Thank you. Uh, so my first question is, why poetry? Uh, my first answer is why not, uh, which is trite, and I've heard other people say it. Um, but you know, uh, nowadays with sort of short attention spans, uh, something short, crafted, precise—that's got to work, isn't it? You know, it should be should be more accessible. Um, Second answer is uh, because I'm good at it. I think we all like to do things that we're good at, yeah. uh, and I need some sort of affirmation as much as the next person, um, if not more. So yeah, I think it's something that I'm good at, and I like doing it. You know, the craft of it pleases me. Um, and a third reason I think is because there's a short distance from plot to plate. Um, I'm not sure that I advise it. But you can be working on something over the weekend and then, you know, stick it up on Facebook or, you know, wander down to the Poetry Cafe on Tuesday and uh, to Poetry Unplugged and get it out there and see what people think of it. Um, And there's no other artistic expression uh, that I can think of that has that same kind of effect. Um, You know, if you're writing, I've, you know, fooled around with writing for the stage and writing short stories and that sort of stuff and thought about writing novels but it's just you know it just takes so long to get anything done you know you can be doing stuff and nobody ever sees it uh, the thing about poems is you know once you finish them you can get them out there and do things with them you know yeah. um, so speaking of getting it out there so to speak how often do you read your poetry in public uh, <laughs> perhaps not as often as I should. Um, you know, uh, almost 
almost going back to the sort of the, the first question about why poetry. You know, it's always always seemed to me, it seemed that poetry has always been somewhere around in my life. Um, from a kid, you know, my, my mum and dad somehow managed to get poetry into me, and then. Um, you know, I've been in and around poetry for a long time. Uh, I don't, and how I, you know, I met somebody through through boxing about 15 years ago. Uh, a guy called Joe Asser, um, actually the bloke who wrote the film that's been very well received, Start Up. And uh, he was, he was, he's a very good poet. He's, he's concentrating on writing film scripts now. But I met him here, I was, I was uh, teaching him, coaching him here, and he was talking about doing poetry work. And although I'd known people who'd done live poetry back in the 1980s, who I'm in touch with again now, uh, I, it completely dropped off my radar. Yeah. Uh, and he said, oh, you know, you should come along, you know, because I, I expressed interest. And I went along and I thought, well, I can do at least as well as that. Um, but I've never got out of the loop of, you know, it's not something that I do professionally, it's something that I do, it's part of, it's part of my life and, yeah. and, a, and a big part of it and I want it to go well, but it's only one aspect of, of me and my life, so I don't do a lot of hustling around for work, so, you know, to answer the question directly, I will go out and do gigs, and I'll go out and do open mics and that sort of stuff, but I don't do a lot of hustling for work. Um, so I might do maybe a couple of dozen, 25 or 30 live events in a year. Um, but, you know, I, there's some, not, you know if, if I'm invited to do a feature, I'll definitely go. If I've got some new stuff, I'll probably go down to Unplug, because I know Nilo Sullivan quite well, I know he's, he's going to stick me on uh, just to try out new stuff. Uh, or if there's people that I know are gigging that I like, I'll go along to that. But I can't be bothered to just trail around the place and looking for open mics and sweet talking people. It's, you know, that's just not me. Yeah. And um, have you had anything published? Uh, I, I get bits and pieces published in little magazines and stuff. Um, I mean, it's interesting, you know, going back that that question about. Um, how you get your poetry out there. I'm not sure that just getting stuff published is the only way. As I say, I like doing live work. I think I'm good at it. Um, but again, I, I'm, I've got into a habit now of, of, even if I'm happy with a poem, sticking it up as a note on Facebook with a, um, an image of some kind. Um, and occasionally, uh, about once a year, my brother-in-law, who's a visual artist, um, Mark Welland, um, he and I do some work where we either do a short film or we'll do some work incorporating visual stuff and get it out there. Um, and you know, then there's the getting published thing. Um, and I don't really submit work anywhere. Um, the one place I will send stuff, I'm, I'm a big fan of rising. Uh, I'm an old mate at Tim Wells from back in the day. Uh, you know, I really like the whole ethic. That. But I mean, I've had I had poems published in Pen Pusher, uh, Counter Culture, uh, South Bank Poetry, which I like. Um, uh, they published they published three of my American poems on the on the bounce, um, which is good. Um, 
Yeah, and if if a knight is doing, um, I know um, Janice and Donal down in Guildford did a um, an anthology of poets that they'd had, had down there, and I put some stuff in for that. And I know there's an Until the Light Goes Out anthology coming. I put some in for that. But if I'm asked to do something, yeah. I'll let people have it. But I'm not going to send unsolicited stuff all around the place. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. Would you say you prefer a more direct expression then? Uh, at, at risk of, um, at risk of uh, making a pun at my own expense, I have a, a bit of an attitude towards it, a bit of a chip on my shoulder about the page stage stuff. Yeah. Um, I think there's a danger that if you're known as being good live, um, people take the attitude, well, you know, it can't be all that, all that much written down then. Whereas I actually work really, really hard to make sure it works in both, you know, really, really work at it and craft it um, to make sure that it works on the page and on the stage. Yeah. Um, I don't think the two things are mutually exclusive. Um, I think t- t- too often, you know, well, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say anything negative at all. I'm going to be positive, but too often. Uh, Poetry is badly presented, or at least you know, quite without much imagination. To be fair, if I if I'm hoping that people are going to come out and someone spend their time and money listening to me dropping my poems, then the least I can do is to do something to put it over to them. Yes. You know? um, by the same token, I know that the you know, there are some people who's who are great live and, and, the, and the content isn't all that. There are some people who, you know, it looks great on paper, but live they're, they're pretty dull. I don't see why that should be the case. I think everybody has it in them to, to write good stuff and to, and to actually present it well, so. Great, um, well, we'll have another poem then, please. Okay, um, let me do something that, I mean, that first one wasn't, entirely typical um, I've got a bit of a reputation as a political poet I can't think why I, I just write stuff um, and sometimes it comes out uh, political um, but there is an election coming around the corner and um, I'll do this because this is a bit of a signature piece and it's kind of something that people would know me by and it's it's about the current uh, the current coalition government It's called a class act It's the thin veneer that's so insulting. As if we should be grateful that they feel the need to lie at all. Decisions have been taken. Still, they are consulting their key stakeholders. The ones that fall between the quite unloved, unlucky and the unfortunate, the undeserving poor. They'll play no real part in the big debate. Why do the haves need so much more to motivate them whilst the have-nots apparently need so much less? How did we get ourselves into this sorry state and can we trust the ones who promised to extract us from this mess? It seems for me to be one fundamental, fatal flaw, a massive fault line in their master plan. They want it both ways. Want to get well in the good times and the bad. They want you with your head down, working for the man. They want to stop you spotting you've been had. Whilst those you want for nothing, they want more. 
So now with government by clever knotting of the old school tie, and they'll do very nicely thank you out of boom and bust. So ask yourself, what does this signify? Is it a nasty accident or a betrayal of trust? The fact is, this is something that we've seen before. This is a class act. That's what this is. This is war. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I make myself laugh. I get quite. I get quite into that. <laughs> no, it's great. I get quite into it. <laughs> um, focus, chip. Focus. <laughs> uh, my next question is um, about how you critique your own work um, and whether or not you have any specific methods for doing that. So I, I know you said already you don't purposely go out and seek out, you know, like my audiences all that much, um, but. Do you look for feedback from audiences at all, or are there certain people you share your writing with? Um, that's really interesting. I think this is the most difficult, difficult question. Um, I don't really. Uh, I'm an arrogant. <laughs> I'm an arrogant so-and-so. Uh, I am pretty certain that what I'm writing is good, um, and I didn't get into it. Uh, you know, you know, about 15 years ago, I sort of started into this idea of the Brothers Grimm as a, a poetry project as it were that sounds a bit high field but you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna write some poetry for a few years to see see how that goes and I think I could present it well I think I've got some, some things to say but I never got into it in order to be liked or published like any like any writer you know I've quite liked to have a slim volume or a couple of slim volumes yeah. I would I think my work stands up um, I think I've got some some things say but I, you know I absolutely understand that I'd need to put more work in really um, but in terms of critiquing my stuff um, you know there's people whose opinions I really respect uh, and I've got some good friends in poetry um, uh, and sometimes those people will give me some good feedback but I don't, I don't really go looking for feedback um, and it's interesting look, everybody likes it if somebody comes up to you and says um, you know, I really like your stuff. That's I'm really, you know, that really makes me happy. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm pleased about it. And I like, you know, I like to engage people in, in conversation. But I mean, you know, we were talking before we turned the mic on. Like, what um, what level of danger you're in? You know, somebody I like asking about poetry. We could be talking for hours and hours and hours. And I think they, you know, we've we've been talking around some set questions. Um, and to be fair, I think we've probably had had better conversations. Although those questions are, are good questions, we've been I've been answering the questions and you've been asking, and um, we've had better conversations about poetry. Uh, in those conversations, I mean, I'll always say I don't really give a damn what people think about it, as long as I'm reasonably happy with it. Um, I'm, I'm my own harshest critic. Yeah. Sometimes I do gigs and I just think that was just rubbish, Chip. You know, it was rubbish. Um, but you know, particularly if you're a feature, you should be working on like how does your set hang together? Yeah. You know what you should be rehearsing. Um, what you're going to say in between, you know, linking the poems, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, in order to make it work, it was interesting. My brother-in-law went down to look at some paintings in, in Eastbourne um, and 
and we were, t- we were talking about uh, there, were, there were two shows there one was John Virtue and another um, very good guy his name I can't remember um, but both those shows had a theme and if you're doing a set you're just pulling poems out at random doesn't work for me you know you should try and make it make it hang together as a whole as you should do with collections I think um, but you know to answer the question no I don't really do that um, although positive feedback is always welcome and to be fair you know on occasion I've had some negative feedback um, I think Nile Sullivan told me that I I did a, a feature for him down at the Poetry Cafe and he got a letter of complaint saying we don't want this sort of stuff, it's really negative, you know, it's the poetry of the clenched fist. <laughs> and, and I said, Noel, have you got that letter? Because like, I want to I frame it. Use it in your you publicity. Know, like, like, absolutely. Um, um, but, you know, I, the other thing I'd say is, um, I think it's a bit, sometimes it's a bit difficult because the way I am on stage, for people to approach me. I, I don't think I'm the most approachable individual. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a lovely, cuddly bunny, really, but sometimes I don't actually come across like that. Yeah. Oh, we know that. <laughs> um, on that note, how would you like to see your writing progress? Um, it's, it's a good question. Um, I'm not altogether certain. Um, I, uh, I will, you know... I, I, as I say, if I'm if I'm at a gig and somebody comes up and says I really like that, I've got a uh, you know a journal or a magazine or something, could you send me some stuff? I will absolutely. Um, you know, I have spoken to publishers about having a pamphlet or a book and sending some stuff, uh, and to now I haven't really got a bite on that, um, and I don't really mind. Um, I just you know I'm in it for the long long run. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the long run being one of my things. Uh, um, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get disheartened or disillusioned with the work. It's just, you know, I can do it in a sustainable way. If I'm doing a couple of gigs a month, that's great. If I'm getting a few things published here or there, that's great. If I get something larger published, that's great too. You find, you know, the work that you're writing changes subtly over time. Um, I just like to keep writing, keep. Uh, being able to do gigs with good people, yeah. uh, having good conversations with people. It's one or two, you know, um, you know, so I'll do a little bit of work with my brother-in-law on mixing visual art and poetry. And I've done a little bit of work in studio with producers that I'm not entirely happy with. Um, but, you know, if I had unlimited time and unlimited funds, um, you know, I've got some ideas about bringing different um, you know to bring visual art and some music and some words yeah. together but that's not my primary focus my primary focus is I'm a poet yeah that's what I do and if I can do some mixed media work with people who I connect with I would do that as well yeah. but it's just getting the opportunity the time and the money to put it all together of um, so before we get on to our final two questions um, can we have a third and final one? yeah okay um, uh, this one's uh, this one's called uh, uh, not half empty, drained. The lives of others in the special demonstration unit come together for a money shot. She moans, then he ejaculates. When 
may cry, cut, that's all we've got. Regardless of their Lordship's verdict, we know exactly when we're being screwed. Some say we're stuck with it, we're not, just super glued. Lectures on revolution from some hairy lecture make us yawn, switch off or back to Strictly, else to online porn. Tune out the commentary on privilege, on gender, race, on intersectionality, till someone asks, whatever happened to the working class? Then sigh, bend over, hold your ankles, take it up with your MP. <laughs> Thank you. Um... Like, what? You've heard that time before. You, I love it. It's my favourite. You know, you know that, that false ending. I did a gig the other day, and like people just stared at me. And I thought, oh no, come on. Um, what would you say have been the main influences over your development as a writer and performer? That is really difficult question to answer without sounding like a complete prick. It really is a long list of people. Um, honestly, that's, a, that's almost impossible. Uh, almost impossible to answer. I've been around for a while, you know, and um, an awful lot of things have influenced me. Um, not just poetry, but, um, you know, going back to when I was a kid, mum and dad sort of feeding me a bit of Lewis Carroll, T.S. Eliot, a bit of Kipling, to sort of as a young fella listening to music, being into sort of lyric heavy songs, you know. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I was a teenager and punk rock came on that, you know, opened a whole lot of stuff out. Um, you know, obviously people like Johnny Clark, um, you know, that sort of accessibility of it. Um, but, you know, we all, all kinds of people, the, the, the singer-songwriters, you know, there's a line... Woody Guthrie, Bob Dylan, Billy Bragg, Weller, Costello. I don't know whether that list has run out a little bit now. Um, you know, uh, I listen to a lot of hip-hop. Um, I go to a lot of theatre. I'm a big Shakespeare fan. Um, you know, if museums and galleries set me off on stuff, um, reading the newspaper, shouting at the Today programme in the morning. Um, you know, uh, my oldest friend in poetry, I suppose, is Tim Wells. Um, and he and I are often so, you know, young poets come and ask, you know, where do you get an idea? What do you, how do you work out what to write about? It's like sitting on buses, you know, sitting at the bar, listening to conversations, what people say, picking up on a phrase, um, I've got a poem that starts, he dropped some banging tunes, yeah. <laughs> and that was a phrase I heard on the bus. It's like, I've got to put that in a poem. And it's a start to, you know, a good poem. Um, and you just overhear things. Um, influences, you know, what we were talking about, um, uh, you know, how, um, how black music has evolved sort of from reggae toasting um, through into hip hop and uh, I mean you know Gil Scott Heron when I first hit, heard Gil Scott Heron or um, 
Even Crazy Johnson, people like that. That was a shock. Uh, and you know, really, I'm talking about in the 1970s. Um, we thought, oh, there's a, there are different ways of doing it's the same thing, but it, there are different ways of doing it. Um, but that's ha that happens across the piece. Uh, uh, you know, already I've dropped some names there. I didn't mean to do that. Um, but there's a whole, there's a whole lot of stuff out there. Yeah, obviously you've got quite a huge range of influences. Um, so for the final question, uh, what would you recommend to our listeners to go out and see, read, or watch? Um, it doesn't have to be poetry related, just anything you've enjoyed. Uh, right, okay, well, I'd, I'd, um, I'd recommend people people get down to, Br uh, to Eastbourne and have a look at this John Virtue exhibition of paintings. Yeah. That's not too bad. Um, I'd uh, talking about Tim Rolls again, he's doing a series of gigs around Ranting Poetry, the Stand Up and Spit series uh, this summer. Um, it wouldn't be me talking about poetry if I didn't mention Helen Malt, mm -hmm. who I think is you know, the brightest prospect out there. Yeah. Um, anything she's doing, including her, um, her blog, Poetry on the Brain, is yeah. worth have, having a listen to. Um, I'd, uh, I'd watch out for Ashley Treasure Fairfame when he becomes world champion at like Welterweight later this year. Shout out to Ash. Uh, <laughs> you know, get out and experience things. Um, yeah, or just sit in your room and scribble, I, you know. Um, yeah, just keep your eyes peeled for interesting stuff uh, and try and uh, be one of the people that's involved in it. Yeah, good advice. Well, thanks very much, Chip. That's Thank it. you. Uh, you've been listening to uh, Lunar Poetry Podcast Short. Uh, thanks very much.